0: It's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 570 for November 3rd, 2018. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This is also programming by self, episode 66 of X with Bart Bouchatz. And uh, let's see, today it says bootstrap form validation. What's
1: that mean, Bart? It means telling people prettily and politely that they're wrong or right oh
0: i'm not doing it politely you know
1: <laughs> well okay you don't have to be polite but pretty is this pretty is definitely the aim <laughs>
0: two weeks ago when it was uh, you know send an email my my thing that popped up instead of saying this isn't a real email form was nobody wants to hear from you anyway <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> nice i will stick with my snark
1: yeah it's it's fun we know you don't mean bad just fine. Yes. So this is actually this. This is um, we're coming to the end of a of a fairly substantial chunk here. So we are today finishing up our look at forms in Bootstrap. So this is this is the final piece of that, uh, I guess, larger piece. Um, oh, okay. good. Okay. So that that leaves us free then. Next time, I think we're going to look at doing some UI elements Bootstrap provides for web apps because a web app and a web form are actually quite different beasts because they actually need different things. Hmm. It's like a menu doesn't make sense in a form, but a menu makes a lot of sense in an app. Right. A toolbar is not all that useful in a form, but it's very useful in an app. And Bootstrap, of course, provides tools for both. So we've now seen how to make nice forms, and then the next thing we're going to look at is how to make nice web apps.
0: Okay, cool.
1: But before all of that, of course, we have our homework to do, and then we're going to look at form validation today to round us out. Uh, so the challenge was fairly um, open-ended and straightforward, um, so easy to say, which usually means hard to do, right? I mean, the most difficult exam question in the world, why? How about it? Um, and this assignment is perhaps a bit like that. So improve the two forms added to the recipe page we've been building over the past few installments to make the use of input groups to make it look good, basically. So that is excruciatingly open-ended, so the <laughs> usual um, caveat supply. My sample solution is extremely much a sample solution because really just about anything goes. Um, so what I chose to do was to start with the dinky little login form in the footer because it, you know, starts start with the easy one, and take it up from there. Um, so the first thing I did was I started I simplified my form uh, because when we're using these nice input groups, we don't need as many labels and things. We can get away with using the input groups to replace some labels. So oh, my really, initial really. solution had labels with um, the ARIA, or sr-only helper class. But we can replace those with aria-label on the input itself. Right, and then our right. markup just shrinks.
0: I do like that.
1: Yeah. Um, so once I had the, the, you know, the, the label tags removed, um, I then took the three things left in that form, which are a username box, a password box, and a login button. I wrapped the whole lot of them in a span and then turned that span into an input group. And okay. so I gave it the class input-group and input-group-sm because I want it to be a diminutive little form since it's only really relevant in theory to the owner of the hypothetical website this form doesn't belong to. <laughs> if you get what I mean. <laughs> right, right. So at that stage, we have three equal width elements, right? Because the three things are are peers inside the input group. So the input group contains an input, another input and a button. And so three things means it divides equally. So we have 33%, 33%, and 33%. And the login button being a third the width is extremely wasteful. (laughs) So how do we fix that? The answer is we put the button inside an append. So we create another span with the class input-group-append, and we put the button in the append, and that tells Bootstrap that the button is an afterthought. And then the two text boxes get top billing, and the button becomes a smaller append. Oh, that's kind of
0: interesting. End. So so that's, again, one of those aesthetic decisions where append means okay, and here's some other little thing. Not, this is really just as important as everything else.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So it's like the the, the the, what's the, is the epilogue at the front or the epilogue at the back?
0: I think that's at the end.
1: And what do you call the one at the front? Preface. It's Pref- like a preface, preface to a book yeah. and an epilogue to a book, right? You know, the, the book is the main, it's the main event. You can get so along the without the one of them. Yeah, so the direct children of the input group are given top billing and then the prepend and the append are you know, afterthoughts and forethoughts. Okay. Um so then I decided to try and make it look a little prettier by, you know, just giving it a little bit of um input group text um just to, you know, just, just to give it a little icon. So I gave I basically went looking um on Font Awesome to see what icon they have for login, and it's like a door with an arrow, so I went yeah, what the hey, we'll go with that. Um, And so we've ended up with an input group that has a prepend, which just contains input group text that is our little icon. We then have two inputs, which are the username and the password. And then we then have an append, which contains our login button. And we get a nice little all-in-one. So the entire form has basically become one input group, which is fine, you know, because that's that's nice and self-contained.
0: Can I ask you a question, Mart? I I get easily tangled on how many opening and closing spans and divs I have. Do you have a trick for, like I tried counting them, yes. like going okay one two three four five four three four five six five four you know going back and forth. I, I
1: have a, I have a habit, which you can call a trick if you like, but it is a habit that I have so religiously that I do it when typing in English. I never ever ever. Only open anything. Oh, me too.
0: It doesn't mean I end up with the same number when I'm done. I swear, Bart, I don't. But then, and then I
1: also d- delete. I create them in pairs and delete them in pairs.
0: Yeah, but then I grab something and insert it, and all of a sudden there's one on the other side of a thing, and then oh, that's too many, so I get rid of one, and all of a sudden that was one I actually did need. I I, I find them oh, okay. They they seem to increase and decrease spontaneously, but I've been really good about that. In fact, I wrote a text expander snippet so that when I type comma div, it creates the opening and closing so that I know I do too. But I think I don't and always your put one in, in the middle. Yeah, but I don't know that I always, when I paste well, you, something you know, you else can in, I don't necessarily get it in there.
1: You know, text expander has a, has a has a special command for where you put the cursor in a snippet. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Grand. And I
0: and I do that. So what I actually do is it's div space class equals quote, and I put the cursor blinking, waiting in the quotes inside the class equal because I know I'm going to start ah. there. But yes, in doesn't...
1: Bootstrap land, that is actually a very valid assumption. There will be classes, many yeah. classes. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, so you just mean be neat and organized, <laughs> we'll see how, and, how and indent your
1: code religiously. I guess is the other tip.
0: Oh, that's the other thing. At the end, I swear I sit. There, I'm, I've been really good about it. I change it down to where it's two spaces instead of a tab because the tabs were. I'd end up with my oh, yeah. my stuff would be four feet to the right when it was uh, tabs, and I swear it. They just go bad on their own. I mean, I can copy and paste your code, and when I get it in there, it's not tabbed correctly anymore. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, hmm. I just wondered if there was a trick, and and I I knew the right answer was rigor, but it did not seem to work for me.
1: I'm afraid I can't do any better than that. Or the other thing is, if in doubt, run it through the validator.
0: A validator. I don't have. Yeah. A so the you you
1: I think you you actually went off hunting for the W3C validator, oh, but we definitely yeah. talked about it ages ago. Yeah, yeah. And it will tell frank. you about all your unbalanced balance tags, and it will be all cranky at you because your browser, of course, is completely forgiving.
0: Right. Right.
1: And it will just make assumptions. It's like, well, that tag was never closed. I guess it probably should be closed here. <laughs> and it may not guess in a sane or sensible way.
0: Yeah. Okay, I'll let you keep going. Okay.
1: So the next form, then, um, actually, strangely enough, it's a bigger form, but it actually needed less work because it's a very simplistic little form. There's, there's, there's not a whole lot going on in in that um, in that in the, in the the bigger form. If if you sort of look at it, it's just basically. You know, who is the who are we sending the recipe from? Who are we sending the recipe to? And optionally, a little message. So I sort of thought to myself, how can I make this more user-friendly? And I figured I should pick an icon to represent a name and an icon to represent an email address, which are the two pieces of information. And then I should pick an icon to represent the sender and an icon to represent the recipient. And then each of the four text boxes would have a different combination of those two sets of icons.
0: Okay. Oh, that's a good idea. So when your brain doesn't have to read every line and think about it, it's like, oh, there's a little people there. That must be a name.
1: Yeah. So okay. the name is a little people with a tag. So figure your name tag. And then the sender has an arrow pointing away from them. And the recipient has an arrow pointing towards them. And so you have name, email, name, email. And then just a message. Okay. So basically, that just involves um, input groups with an append or a pre-pen than an append, and that was kind of it. I spent more of my time picking icons than writing HTML code. <laughs> if I'm, perfectly I spent honest. a
0: lot of time playing around in Font Awesome. <laughs> I yeah. Oh, should the envelope be open or closed?
1: Oh, yeah. Picking the mail icon, picking up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know What's worse is I, I I bought myself a copy of Font Awesome Pro. Oh
0: so no! I, so you had way
1: more to choose from. I have so many icons to choose from. <laughs> How much so many does variants the of pro version item.
0: cost? I need to see if I need to waste more time.
1: I bought it and it's pre-release and I remember it not being too expensive but okay. I don't know what it was when it stopped being pre-release. Okay. <laughs> um, it's pretty darn cool though because um, I, I got work to stump up for a license for use in work as well so I can use it everywhere for, for personal <laughs> stuff and for work stuff. Because nice. of course once you're used to having them all well how could you go back to not having them all?
0: You can't only have like 600. That's ridiculous. How can that's well, yeah, but how
1: your can favorite you live? one? Right? Your favorite one, you know, is going to be one of the ones that's pro, right? I mean, you just know that you're going to fall in love with it, and that's going to be the one you can't have because right, right. life.
0: That's funny.
1: Anyway, so there we have my sample solution. Um, you can find all of it in the zip file for the episode, which and it will be in a folder named uh, something very sensible like where's my finder window? PBS 65 challenge solution.
0: I I just need to say that mine looked easily as beautiful as yours, Bart, and completely worked.
1: Excellent! (laughs) But like I say, open-ended assignment, right? If that was all, you had to do was make it better. So if you like it more than you did when you started, congratulations, full marks.
0: No, mine looks really stupid, and I broke it.
1: (laughs) No, as long as you had Um, fun,
0: I did have fun.
1: Yeah, then mission accomplished. Okay, so let us do some new stuff for today. So the first thing to say is. It may, particularly when it comes to doing your homework, you may find it useful to uh, check out PBS 39
0: and 40. Oh, giving us a hint, huh?
1: Because in 39 and 40, we looked at HTML5 form validation. And Bootstrap's opinion is, don't reinvent the wheel, just make it prettier. So Bootstrap sort of assumes that you're going to use all of the power that HTML5 puts in your lap, and then it will help you out to make it even better. So HTML5 was the first version of HTML that actually has built-in form validation. And so as a primer on getting sort of remembering that stuff again, the first example file is pure HTML5 form form validation. So it is effectively a recap of what we've done before. So let's start by opening that from the zip file. So PPS66A Okay. And if you open that in a real browser, so not in um, Code Runner, yeah. So not in not in Code Runner because Code Runner basically a down. All right, HTML5 tells browser makers what they have to do, but it doesn't tell them how they have to make it look. Okay. And so one of the things with HTML5 form validation is that it will be presented differently in every browser, but it will achieve the same end. Okay. So Code Runner just doesn't do a good job of it. Whereas hmm. Safari does, Firefox does, Chrome does. Hmm.
0: So, I'm looking at it. It looks pretty good to me.
1: Yeah, so basically try submit the form when you haven't filled in what you need to fill in. And Safari pops, it highlights the field that's cranky about. And it pops up a little sort of speech bubbly thing. Uh-huh. And tells you to fill out this field. And if you say type, you know, boogers into the amount field. You know, it'll say, uh, oh, yeah. It, It stops validating the first time it fails. So you need to fill in a first name and a second name. And then I'll complain about the boogers. And I'll say, enter a number.
0: It does. Okay. Right.
1: Right. So that's how it looks. So how do we achieve that in the code? Well, as a reminder, every field that you want to be required, you simply give it the flag attribute required. And a flag attribute is an attribute without a value. So a normal attribute would be src equals or href equals, right? That's a that's a a name and a value, whereas a flag is just a name. So required.
0: Wait, say that and one a, more time. So a, a flag,
1: a flag, it has no value. It's just okay. It's just an attribute without a value. It just
0: sits there saying required. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So by saying yeah, so required, then the then the if you've got a numbers a field that's supposed to be a number and you've told it it's okay. a number, the the fl- the error that comes up will know the browser will interpret it and say, oh, that's supposed to be a number.
1: Okay, you're jumping ahead of me now by one. Oh, so hold sorry. That thought. Okay. So first off, the simplest thing you do, the first thing you do when you're making your form HTML five proper is any field that is required, you give it the flag required. So you just say, you know, input, type equals, whatever, blah, 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 required. Okay. And then the form won't submit if it's empty. The next thing you need to do is for every text box, you need to say input type equals, and if possible, be explicit. So HTML5 gives you email, URL, number, I think it's tell for telephone, Date for date, I mean, they're all covered in PBS thirty nine and forty. Right. HTML five gives you these predefined types of input, and so you need to use the appropriate one if at all possible. Okay. And then, failing that, HTML five has your back in one other way. You can say input type equals text, and then say pattern equals, and put in a regular expression, and then the text, but the text has to match the regular expression. Okay. And so that is form validation summed up in no, no time, right? Okay. And so you'll find examples in the code of the, required attribute, or of the required flag on the first name, the surname, and the amount. Right. And then you'll find an example of using type equals for the number, for the amount is input type equals number, and homepage is input type equals URL.
0: Okay, right, right.
1: And then you'll find an example of the regular expression on the Twitter handle. Which has pattern equals and then starts with one or more word characters followed by ends of line. So hat slash W plus dollar.
0: Okay. Yeah, obviously. Totally obviously, because regular it myself, expressions, right? <laughs> and we
1: have apps to help us that you love. It's patterns, wasn't
0: it? Yeah. Yeah. That was the one that um, Helma found.
1: Yes. So mm-hmm. that is how you tell HTML5 what you want, and out of the box, HTML5 does a decent enough job of helping you out. But it has some drawbacks, and the drawbacks are where um, Bootstrap is here to help. So the first thing you'll notice is that you can't tell by looking at a form whether or not any field is currently valid or invalid, right? They all look the same until you hit the submit button, and then it starts you know, very politely highlighting them in luminous blue if you're a Safari user. And putting little comic book strip call-outs on things. But until you hit the submit button, there's nothing going on, really. You also can't style the error messages. In fact, it's difficult to even word them. You can do it. The details are in PBS40, but it's very cumbersome. And also, you can't give a success message. There's no way of feeding back to the person to say, excellent, well done, spot on, (laughs) that's what I wanted. And sometimes you don't need to give a success message, right? The absence of error is a sort of success. But sometimes you actually do want to give people a success message. So if you're on a website that has a particularly friendly web form, as you're filling it in, things start to turn a very pleasing shade of green or little tick boxes start to appear. I love
0: that. Like you put in yeah. a phone number and it goes, yep. <laughs> like, oh, exactly. thank goodness, I guessed the code you wanted.
1: Yeah, phone numbers are a great example of where you need to do a bit of guesswork. Mm -hmm. And it might put in little helpful messages like thank you very much or whatever. So, you know, it can... It's very pleasing. And you don't get any of that for free with HTML5. Now, if you're prepared to do the heavy lifting and do all of your own CSS, you can get further because there are two pseudo classes in CSS that relate to form validation. There is colon valid... And colon invalid. So you could write some CSS to say that an input with the pseudo class colon valid should go green, and a text box with the pseudo class colon invalid should go red. And we did mm. that in PBS thirty nine. Okay. But we are writing our own CSS, which means that we need to be skillful and have an artistic eye. And this is where I fail.
0: Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Do we, I mean Helmut's probably got that skill set, but not me.
1: Yeah. And so on the one hand, I just don't have the skill set. And on the other hand, I don't like having to reinvent that wheel every bloody page. So on both of those counts, Bootstrap will come charging into our rescue very shortly. So it has built-in styles that are pleasing to the eye. And it means I don't have to reinvent the wheel and figure them out from scratch because Bootstrap has done all the work for me. So that is why I like it. And then as well as giving us the styling based on valid or invalid, Bootstrap also gives us pre-made styles for error text and success text. Hmm. which in a form are what we kind of want. Right, right. And we have a mechanism for making them appear and disappear as appropriate. So what we're going to do is, so PBS66a is our starting point, which is basically no help from Bootstrap. HTML5 is doing all the work here, and we have a passable form, but we can make it better. And we're going to make it better in steps, because this is one of those cases where Bootstrap gives us a spectrum to choose from. So, on one end of the spectrum is where we are now. Bootstrap is doing nothing. Uh, let me. The other me, end of the spectrum. Can
0: I change that really quick? You have you, done sure. like the append and prepend and input group stuff with Bootstrap. It's just the form okay. validation hasn't been done by Bootstrap yet.
1: Thank you for that Correct? clarification. Okay. Yes. So, okay. when I'm saying this spectrum, I really do mean only the validation stuff. Okay. Good. Yeah, because the the page, I mean, the whole page is Bootstrap, right? From right, right. from the jumbotron at the top all the way down. Okay. So in terms of form validation, Bootstrap gives us a spectrum of Bootstrap is not going to do the form validation at all. It's just going to completely leave HTML5, do its thing. Or we can assert total control, disable all of the built-in HTML5 UI, and entirely use Bootstrap for everything. Oh, wow. Or we can pick and choose. Hmm. And so we're going to move from zero, which is PBS66A... To Bootstrap is doing everything, which is PBS 66D. And in um, between, we have two intermediate steps, B and C.
0: Okay, are we going to D first, or are we going B and C?
1: Nah, I'm going to go in order. <laughs> okay. That's a you way can peek going. ahead, right? The files are all in the zip files. So if you want to peek ahead, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> okay. But uh, it, it tells a better story when, when we go plain. So um, just as a little reminder to ourselves, so we have the required flag. The other, the other thing we have actually, which is again in PBS39, um, for numbers you can say min and max. So in this case I gave my donation min equals 1 because donating mm. 0 doesn't seem particularly helpful and donating minus 50 seems quite harmful. Okay. So I basically said required type equals number and min equals 1. Um, I also added an event handler to the submit event for our form. And all it's going to do is just basically pop up a little standard browser alert to say basically what it says is your donation was not submitted because this is a dummy form. But thanks all the same, it's the thought that counts. <laughs> and the links are still there, by the way, to actually help us. Right? Support Bart or Alison is up in the top of the form still. <laughs> so the first sort of thing we can do to let bootstrap in here is we can simply tell bootstrap to always mark sort of highlight the validity state of every input all the time and to do that all we have to do is opt in by putting the class was dash validated onto the form And so if you open up PBS66b, the only thing that's changed apart from some English to say what's different on this page is that we have added that one CSS class to the form. And now the instant the page loads, the first name is in red, the last name is in red, the amount is in green because it has a value of 5, and the others are green because they're allowed to be empty. They're not required. But as soon as you start to type first name it goes green as soon as you start type last name it goes green if you change 5 to fart or something it goes red change it back to 5 it goes green again so the okay. instant the page loaded those highlights were there yeah yeah and they update in real time so that is an improvement right we we have highlights So those
0: fields, those three fields, the first name, last name, and donation fields, you put the class was-validated on them.
1: No, no. The entire form gets the class was-validated, and then everything in the form
0: springs to life. Oh, wow. Can you give me an idea of where in the form you, where do you say As in
1: the open angle bracket form, as in the form tag. So when I'm saying the form, I don't mean it in the abstract sense. I mean the actual form tag, sorry.
0: Oh, okay. So that's nice. Hmm. I thought you were going to have to do it line by line, but you just do it right at the top.
1: Yeah. So as soon okay. as the form as a whole has that class, then Bootstrap opts the whole form into showing its validity.
0: That's a beautiful thing. I like it. It is.
1: But the thing is, that's actually not best practice if you surf around the web. Friendly websites don't start screaming at you in bright red before you've <laughs> before even you done anything. Wrong. <laughs> Yeah, Mine it's, much nicer. <laughs> it's much nicer to only do that after they've had a first go. So a way is, we is can do that... Is there a way to have it
0: start with error messages too? Because I'd like to add that.
1: <laughs> um, sure, but it will take you some effort because Bootstrap actually... Bootstrap nudges you towards not doing this. Oh, fine. Okay. So... Um, to The next step is to use an event handler. So we don't write the class into the code. Instead, we have an event handler to put the class in when someone interacts with the form. Okay. So that's what we get in C. So if we load up PBS66C, you'll see that when the page first loads, there's no highlighting. It's not screaming at us in red. So we can have a first go at the form, and nothing has happened yet. And then if we hit the Enter key, which submits the form, or if we click the Donate button, which submits the form, if we do either of those two things, then everything jumps into gear.
0: Right. And you did that, uh, you're saying, on the event handler? Right. So let's walk through how
1: I did that. I wanted to show you what I did. Oh, okay.
0: Okay. Right.
1: So, at a first glance, my first attempt at doing this didn't work, but it's, it's a logical first attempt. So let's imagine that I think... Well, let me say that again. Right, so the obvious thing to do is to add a submit form handler, sorry, a submit event handler to the form as a whole, and say that when the form is submitted, we will simply use jQuery's .add class to add the class was validated to the form. Right. There is a problem with doing that. The submitted event, the submit event, fires after the form successfully validates. (laughs) As in when the browser is actually submitting the form. It's validate then submit, and if validation fails, submit never happens. So if you listen to that event, all it will do is turn everything green for a moment after everything's already okay. It won't give you any help Hmm. in handling um, problems. So how do you handle problems? Well, validation failing... Is another event that the browser spits out. So when the browser, when you click the submit button or hit the enter key triggering a submit, the browser validates everything and then submits if it's okay. But failing validation is an event. So as soon as, and it will only happen once, right? Because uh, HTML5 is lazy, it gives up. It goes through the form from top to bottom. And the moment one thing fails validation, it fires an invalid event and it stops. So we need to listen so, for those invalid events.
0: So if I um, type in "boogers for donation" before putting in my first name and last name, even though it's the mm-hmm. third thing in there, as soon as I type that in, HTML5 is going to go.
1: Mm. Right. So if you hit, so if you leave the names empty, you can try this. So empty the names, mm-hmm. and then type something absolutely wrong for the amount, and when you hit submit. It will jump you to the first name because that's the first thing in the form. It will say, No, oh, this is where I got cranky." Oh, and only did, when you I... fill that in, and then you hit submit again, then it will jump you to the last name, and only then are you going to get to your boogers.
0: Okay, I didn't understand then. So, so what do you? Where do you attach the? Uh, was okay, I haven't said yet. Class? I haven't. Told oh, you okay. That I yet. thought I missed it. <laughs> I no, understand.
1: no, I'm, I'm still. Ex- I'm still talking okay. through how it works. We're getting there. Okay. So as as you. As you're using the form, when you either hit enter, which is exactly the same as clicking the submit button, the first thing the browser does is it goes through every every element in the form and it validates them one by one. If it fails to validate, it fires an invalid event. But that event does not belong to the form. That event belongs to the input being validated. Hmm. So the, So the event could come from any of our text boxes. Which means we have to listen for the event on all of them, all of our text boxes. So now we can look at the JavaScript. Okay. Right. So what we're trying to achieve is attaching an event handler to all the text boxes. Okay. So all of this is done inside the document ready handler because until the document is ready, there is nothing to attach anything to. Yes.
0: Right. Right. Yeah.
1: So. so the first thing I do on line 3 purely for my convenience is I create a variable called dollar form and I'm just going to use that to contain a reference to the form because we are going to need that so many times today. So const dollar form equals and then I use the dollar function to get the form. So I call the dollar function with a single argument which is a string containing a CSS selector. And that CSS selector is pound, sign, hash, octosort whatever we're calling it this week, support underscore fm. And if you view the source code, you will see that it's angle bracket form id equals support underscore fm. So pound, sign, octosort whatever it means, id. So we're basically saying, give me a jQuery object representing the form, please, and store it as dollar form. Okay. With me so far? Yeah. Okay. The next thing I do is I create a function that I'm going to use as the event handler for each input. So I make one function and then use it many times. So I decided to name my function extremely explicitly enable bootstrap validation styles. I like that one. So and actually, I think the name may be longer than its content. <laughs> so const enable bootstrap validation styles equals function... And then the content of the function is simply class was-validated. dash Okay. So I think that's almost English. Yeah. So I don't think I need to dig into that. So then I say $form.submit enable bootstrap validation styles. So I am saying to jQuery, add a submit handler to the form as a whole that will enable validation. So that's half our battle won. That means we will see our nice green stuff if everything was good. So I don't what, what actually
0: if, know what you mean by the form.submit enable bootstrap validation styles. because So are you saying this is when someone hits the donate button, that's going to get triggered? But you're not calling it out? Yes, that's it, it exactly. Right. so how, Where do you tell us that that's connected to that donate button?
1: I am doing, okay, so the donate button submits the form. So if you look at the donate button, it's button type equals submit.
0: okay. But how, and so form.submit, is there only one submit on a page or within a form, I suppose?
1: Okay, so the, a submit button submits the form. So the form gets submitted. So you can submit the form by hitting enter in any text box or by clicking. You could have five submit buttons as long as they're only, they will submit whatever form they're inside.
0: So, right? form, so form.submit, enable bootstrap validation styles will run if any submit button gets pressed inside the form.
1: No, it's even more broad. If the form is submitted in any way, by Maybe hitting enter, enter or
0: whatever, okay,
1: yeah, or even by calling the submit function manually, you can say dollar form dot submit with no arguments will trigger the submit event. Okay, so you could write some JavaScript that has a countdown timer that counts to five minutes and then just submits the form. <laughs> I don't know okay. why, but you could, right? So. The submit event handler doesn't care how the form gets submitted. What matters is you're you're telling the browser, when this form gets submitted by any mechanism whatsoever, do this. Okay. So like the click handler happens when someone clicks, the submit handler happens when the form submits. All right. So $form.submit is the jQuery way of saying... When the form submits, do whatever I have passed you as an argument. And what I have passed as an argument is our function enable bootstrap validation styles. Okay. So what that line 11 means is when the form submits, run the function enable bootstrap validation styles. Right. So that's the first case. They have typed everything in perfectly. They hit submit. Everything goes a pretty green and that's the end of that. But of course, the likelihood is and the time when you want validation most is when that's not true. Right. It's much more important to catch invalid than valid. Wait you a know, minute. A pat I on thought, the head is nice.
0: Oh, I'm completely missing. So this is only...
1: Okay, so I said submit happens after validation. So when you hit enter to submit a form, the browser validates every field. If one field fails validation, submit never happens.
0: So what is this enable bootstrap validation styles? It's just saying go... show. Oh, I'm boy, am I slow. I just figured out... Class was-validated means yes, everything passed, so now use the Bootstrap class was validated to color things nicely. That's all we just did. We didn't just validate anything. No, we're we're saying
1: when validation has happened, let Bootstrap show its opinion.
0: Gotcha. Okay. I'm really slow. took me that long to kiss. No, it's fine. This is good. Okay.
1: All right. So remember, if validation fails, the submit never happens. Right. And... Telling people they're wrong is actually more important than telling people they're right. And that works Mm -hmm. for so much of life. Uh, (laughs) Don't do that now. Um, So we need another event handler. We need an event handler to catch all of those invalid events that could hypothetically occur. And like I said, they could come from any input, so we have to attach them to every input. Right. So we need to get every input. So we can use the dollar function for that. So... Do you remember what happens when you give the dollar function two arguments? One a string, which is a CSS selector, and the other one another jQuery object?
0: I do not remember.
1: Okay. So it will I search for... at that for and said,
0: what is he doing? <laughs> okay.
1: Okay, good. So the first argument is a CSS selector. It's an extremely simplistic CSS selector. It says, give me every input tag. Right. I don't care what class it has. I don't care what ID it has. I want them all, please. Right, but we don't want all of them from the entire document because, in theory, one web page could have multiple forms. So the second argument says limit your search to this. So in other words, okay. all inputs within our form.
0: Now, what? Oh, oh, but dollar form is is the the constant the the variable that we created that is the support underscore yes. form. Okay. That is yes. only this form, I gotcha. Okay.
1: Yes, exactly. So we're saying inputs inside this form. Right. Now, the on function is jQuery's way of assigning an event handler to any arbitrary named event. Okay. And the event we care about is the event invalid. So the first argument to on is the name of the event we want to attach a listener to. And the second argument to on is the function that we want to have as the listener. So on, invalid, enable bootstrap validation styles.
0: Not invalidation styles, but validation styles still. Okay. Wait, wow, a, minute, wait a minute, why is isn't, a form that of gonna make them, isn't that going to make them all say they were validated?
1: Validated can be true or false, right? I can validate you as being valid or I can validate oh, you as being invalid.
0: So when I thought I understood it, I still don't understand it. Okay. <laughs> in In this, we're saying when it's submitted... Enable validation styles because it's going to say everything's green. But when it's invalid, also enable these validation styles because it's going to tell you which ones are invalid. Gotcha. Yeah, it'll be some green, some red. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right.
1: So we now have listeners on every possible event. So if you shift refresh the page, no events have fired yet. So there is no highlighting. Right. And you can type away until you either hit the enter key, which triggers submit, or the enter key also will will trigger, vali- you know, when you hit the enter key, the form tries to submit and it may fail validation, in which case line 12 comes into play, or it may pass validation, in which case line 11 comes into play. But either way, line 11 or line 12 is going to catch you. Okay. Right. The moment you hit enter, line 11 or line 12 has happened. And the moment you hit the donate button, line 11 or line 12 has happened. I don't know which one, because it depends on whether you've typed stuff correctly or not, but one of those two is guaranteed to happen, which (laughs) means that as soon as you make the form go, the green and the red appears.
0: Right, right. I'm going to defend myself on my confusion. Was validated really does imply it was valid.
1: Okay, but validated... You can validate something as valid or invalid, I'm afraid. Mm. The act of validation will produce a boolean, true or false. Oh,
0: I believe that that's what it means in this context. But if something is valid, it means it's right, not also wrong.
1: But a validation function and the act of validating, if you send your ID to be validated, they can find it invalid.
0: So to validate, according to the the uh, dictionary in the in the United States on the Mac says check or prove the validity check. or accuracy of something.
1: Right, hang on. Check was the first meaning. Check can be a true or false.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Verify we is the second know. meaning, but the first meaning is my meaning.
0: Demonstrate or support the truth or value of. Make or declare legally valid. Recognize or affirm the validity. Okay. Keeping going.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I told you those are much less fun when they don't go your way. (laughs) Exactly. Still, we have learned. All right. Okay. So we now have a forum that's a little more polite. It doesn't shout at you until you've had a first to go, and then it jumps in to give you a helping hand. Mm -hmm. So now our only further place to go is the big guns. So far, I think you'll agree with me, we have gotten a lot of results with very little effort. Yeah. So I would suggest to you that a lot of the time this is sufficient. Only when you have a complicated form where you need to give the user a lot of help is it worth the investment for what we're about to do. Oh. Because from here on in the phrase a little bit of code is not going to be relevant. Uh-oh. We the only way we can go further is we need to disable the standard HTML5 stuff and take full responsibility for validation upon ourselves. Ooh, why would we want to do that? Because with, with we're great power... Well, basically, we get power. We get the ability to make things look way better. So before I tell you how, let's look at what we're trying to achieve. So let's open up PBS 66D. Okay. Again, at first blush, the form is not shouting at us in any way. So now... Click on a field of your choice. Let's say donation and let's change that to 5F. Okay. So immediately only that field has been color coded. You haven't touched the rest so they haven't color coded yet. And immediately you get a, an error message telling you please enter a positive whole number. So obey the message and change it to say 50. Oh, it goes green and you get a nice thank you.
0: Did you know that you can type in five dot and it still takes it? It says it's green.
1: Yes, I do, because there's no make it be an integer in HTML5, and I could have implemented that, but then I would have made the code more complicated, and I thought, (laughs) let's not go for confusing. Okay. I did give it serious thought. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Anyway.
0: So now, so the idea is that this is going to give us more information as we go along the way. Like, as I put in my yeah, first so now name, click it's into already other saying you haven't done your last name yet.
1: Right, so if you enter anything into either part of the name, then it starts to complain about the rest of the name. If you start typing your Twitter handle, it will it will go, <coughs> it will it turn on validation for just that field. Or if you hit the donate button, it will turn on validation for the whole form. Oh, okay. And at all times, as you type, as soon as something becomes valid, the message goes, everything goes from red to green and some of them have a success message and some of them don't. So the donation button has a success message because I think it's appropriate to thank people. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Twitter handle has a success message because if you'd like us to acknowledge your donation with a tweet, enter your Twitter handle. So it says, "Okay, keep an eye out for our tweet. And then the web page, you can enter a URL and you can choose whether or not to, for us to plug it in our hypothetical thank you on the show. And depending on the checkbox, you'll get different success messages.
2: Oh, look at that. So
1: if you put in podfeed.com, it'll say, thanks, we'll plug this on the show, or thanks, we'll keep this to ourselves.
0: Right, right.
1: Wait. And no. again, if everything is valid: no, I'm you checking have to and unchecking
0: the, the plug button checkbox and it's not changing.
1: Only if you have success will it change. Oh, I'm sorry, the text
0: is so small I couldn't see it changing. It actually was changing. Okay. One word. Okay, cool. So
1: I think you'll agree with me. This is a very nice form.
0: Right. I'm afraid of it, though. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of work.
1: It is a lot of work, which is why I would say you only do this when it really counts, when you're going to get value for your books, right? This is, if the only thing you learn today is how to do option C. I would say you're covered for most of your needs. So okay. from here on in, this is a bonus. And if you find it challenging, that's expected. Okay, so does that make you feel better up front?
0: Yeah, it does. <laughs> okay,
1: if
0: good. you might not make me do it. Right?
1: You don't have to. This is how. And I'm going to do my best to explain it and to be as helpful as I can. But this is not straightforward because we are... We are basically saying to the browser, I know better than you. I'm going to do your job for you. And that means we have a lot of work to do because the browser has been quite helpful, actually. So the first thing to do in order to to take control is to tell the browser to shut up. And we do that by giving the form, so the actual form tag, another flag. We give it the flag, no validate. okay. And that turns off... Those little HTML5 helpy window things that we've been seeing in A. Okay. just turns them off. The good news is it doesn't completely disable all of HTML5's features. It stops validation of the form as a whole, but validation of each individual input still happens. Hmm. And the CSS pseudo classes colon valid and colon invalid still get calculated. Okay. It's just that if they are invalid, the form will still submit.
0: Ah, but you can access them if they're there.
1: Exactly. So Mm -hmm. we now have the ability to query them and to say, are you valid? And then it's up to us to decide whether the form submits or not. So we now have to make the decision instead of letting the browser do it. So the next thing we need to remember is that we can use jQuery to interrupt form submission. So because we've said no validate, our form's submit event is guaranteed to happen. Right, because oh, the right, browser right. just skips no, validation. Right. So we're always going to get, our submit function is always going to get called. Right, The first argument to that submit function, or in fact, this is true of every event handler in jQuery, the first argument is actually the event, the trigger that you're listening to. And we don't usually use that first argument, so you'll see that we generally just have empty brackets in our submit handlers. But if we want to use that first argument, we can by just giving it a name. And the name we give it could be anything. It could be boogers. But I, in my example, I'm going to use a sensible name. I am going to call the event event. So when you see event as a name, it's a name. You could have called it boogers.
0: Okay. I'm I'm trying to figure out where you are in the show notes at this point, because I don't see... I am on
1: the second paragraph underneath fully custom form validation with bootstrap styles.
0: Okay. My brain is, is seeing stop propagation and... It
1: is because I'm about to say those words, but...
0: Okay, but you haven't talked about event yet in...
1: Uh, okay, so before we look at what Bootstrap has to offer, we need to remind ourselves some jQuery basics because we've now taken responsibility for presenting a f- form submission. The jQuery way of achieving this goal is to call the stop propagation on the jQuery event object representing the submit event. Okay. So I'm describing the, the submit event's jQuery object.
0: Okay, I guess I'll see that later. Okay, keep going. Right.
1: Okay, so when you submit the form, the submit event handler is called, is run, right. is executed, is Right. Yes? Yes. When it is when it runs, it is always given by the browser as the first argument, an object that represents the event that triggered it. So it's a bit self-referential. The first argument mm-hmm. to me is the event that made me run. It's hmm. like, my daddy is my first argument? But anyway, that's that's how it is, even if it makes my head hurt sometimes. Okay. And we can choose the name the first argument gets, right? We name our arguments anything we like. Yes? Yeah. When you're creating a function, you choose the name of the arguments. They go inside the parens. Right. So I am going to choose the name event okay. to represent the okay. event. You like you like me to say when it's a magic word or not? Yeah, so I'm telling no, you I event. appreciate
0: that. I I don't know what it's for yet, so I'm waiting. I'm saying okay because I'm waiting to find out why
1: we right. are giving it a name okay. that doesn't need to be okay. The the reason we have to give it a name is because we need to manipulate it. What we need to do if the form is invalid is we need to tell the event to stop. Oh, we need to tell oh, the event okay, okay, not to continue. Okay. And the way we do that is by calling a very well named function, stop propagation. OK. So we need the event so that we can tell the event to stop propagating. Right. And we only do that if we decide that the form is not valid. So it's up to us to check every input. And then if they're all good, we don't stop propagation. But if even one of them is bad, we do. But we have to do that in our code. Because we've said no validate, so the browser's not going to do it for us. Right. The other thing we need to do then is to detect whether or not a specific text box is valid or invalid at this moment in time. Because otherwise we can't make the decision whether to stop propagation or not.
0: Because HTML5 isn't doing it for us anymore.
1: It's doing the detection, but it's not doing the stopping. Okay. So we need to ask the browser, tell me, what is the state of that input at the moment? Okay. And so the way HTML5 does it is it assigns this pseudo class colon valid or colon invalid. So we need to read for that class. We need to basically check if that class is present or not present. And the way you do that is with jQuery's dot is function. So dot is takes as an argument a CSS selector and if the element matches the selector it returns true and if it doesn't match it returns false. So you are currently have PBS66d open in Safari, yes? Yes. Then if you would be so good as to enable the JavaScript console... Mm-hmm. I can do that. So we can use jQuery to get ourselves a reference to the first name text box by simply saying open parens, open quote, pound sign, name underscore first under tb, close quote, close parens. If you hit enter, you'll see it returns... The, the text box?
0: Uh, name underscore first underscore tb.
1: Yeah, so dollar open parens, open quote, pound sign, name underscore first underscore tb, close quote, close parens.
0: Right, so it came back and said w input id equals name first tb.
1: Yeah, and if you click the expand button, you'll see the full HTML code.
0: Right.
1: Okay, so our selector is working, right? We are getting a reference to...
0: Yeah. Okay, I see what you're doing. Right. Okay.
1: So the next thing we can do is call is on it and pass it as the CSS selector colon valid. Okay. So that will test if that text box has the pseudo class valid. So is it
0: dot is?
1: So dot to call the is function, yes. So dollar blah, blah 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 dot is and then open parens, open quote, colon valid, close quote close parens. And so while the first name is invalid, if you run that you'll get false. And then while the first name is valid, you get true. Give me a second to type here.
0: False. And that's because I don't have anything in there. But if I put something in there and I do the same thing again, it should come back true. Exactly. It did. It's a miracle. Okay.
1: So we now have a way of stopping the event propagating with the stop propagation, and we have a way of deciding if something is valid or not by using is colon valid. Right, okay. So they're two very important tools for making our custom form go, right? Right. So that's the jQuery bit. The next thing we want to remind ourselves of is that this was validated class is what turns on or turns off the pretty behaviour on the entire form as a whole. But you'll notice that I was being cleverer than that. I was doing it one input at a time. How was I managing to do it one input at a time? I don't know. The answer is because there are two other bootstrap classes at our disposal. Is-Valid and is-Invalid. If you apply those to an input, then the input will show its style regardless of the presence or absence of was-validated.
2: Hmm.
1: Okay. So that's what I'm doing. I'm using is valid and is invalid to individually enable as needed, and then when someone hits this big submit button, I just enable it for the whole form.
0: So hang on, we just went through this work to do to look at the name dot is colon valid, and now you're telling me there's an is dash valid that is some different class thing.
1: Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So Why do we colon valid. :colon valid is a CSS pseudo class mm-hmm. that is connected to the HTML5 form validation functionality.
0: Yeah,
1: the the presence or absence of those classes come and go depending on whether or not the content of the input meets the requirements specified by the attributes. Right. So is dash valid is a class created by Bootstrap that oh, determines the color how it after looks after
0: the fact. Oh, okay wow that you got to admit is colon valid and is dash valid one of them is finding out whether it's valid the other one is changing the color of it to what bootstrap likes valid to look like yep jeez
1: what are the chances i remember that tomorrow (laughs) look i did i this came with health warnings right
0: (laughs) I just like the record to show when I know I'm going to forget something. I mean, usually I don't see it coming so clearly, but
1: (laughs) The writing's on the wall here. Yeah, I mean, the only way to to do this is to do, the only way for this to make sense is to do it. And if it makes you feel any better, I spent three hours making this work nice. Oh,
0: jeez, Bart. Cray cray. I can't wait to see how Dorothy uh, points to this in the PBS Index.
1: (laughs) What? Bootstrap form validation.
0: (laughs) No, 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 no. She has to put in keywords for us because we'll be sitting there going, I'm looking for is valid. Which one?
1: Yeah, okay. Well, actually, there's not that many keywords. Was validated, is valid, is invalid. It kind of covers most of it, actually. Okay. So the next piece of equipment Bootstrap hands us, the next Lego brick we can play with, is a pair of Bootstrap CSS classes for styling messages. Valid dash feedback and invalid dash feedback—they are what make oh. those green and red text.
0: Okay, nice.
1: Okay, so you—it is possible to have the valid dash feedback and invalid dash feedback automatically show and hide themselves, oh. but it it only works in a subset of cases and I just couldn't find a way to make a pretty form that meets that really small set of cases. So I don't think, I couldn't find a way to have the automatic stuff be useful. Okay. If you want to use the automatic stuff, you have to put a div directly after the input or as the last child of an input group and the whole form has to have the class was validated for them to work. Hmm. And it just, it was just it too was a constraining. It's just
0: to get automatic.
1: Exactly. So <laughs> I have decided not to go automatic. Okay. I have decided instead to just take charge. Okay. So that means I am making mine manually come and go using jQuery's wonderful dot show and dot hide functions. Okay. So to see all this in action, we're go- so there are Lego bricks, and so we can pop them together. So. You'll find my solution as PBS69D and I've actually listed everything that I use to make my solution go. So I'm going to make use of the bootstrap classes, was validated, is valid, is invalid, valid feedback and invalid feedback. So they're the only CSS classes we need.
0: Okay.
1: We're We're going to need some event handlers. We're going to need submit, invalid. So they're the two we've already talked about. And then two we haven't talked about in a very long time. Input and change. So every time you input text into a text box, the input event fires. Okay. And every time you change the state of a radio button or a checkbox, the change event fires. So you can see why these might be important.
0: Yeah. Uh, Dropdown also?
1: Uh, Dropdown also has changed. That is correct.
0: All right. Good.
1: And then, so that's our classes our events, and the other thing we're going to use is some good old-fashioned jQuery functionality. We've already seen what is does. Um, As a reminder, I'm going to be making use of val, which tells you the value of a text box. I'm going to make use of prop, which lets you query a property. I'm going to be interested in the property checked of the checkbox. The jQuery function text lets you set the text of a div or something. The jQuery function empty removes all text from a div or something. The jQuery function add class adds a class to a div or something. Remove class removes a class from a div or something. Show shows, hide hides. Focus focuses. And on, we've already seen, attaches an event listener. Submit attaches an event listener to the submit event. And then the last function I'm going to use is one we have seen before, but not in a very long time, is first. So when we use jQuery to get, say, all the check, all their inputs inside a form, it gives us back a list. If I only want the first item in the list, I can use jQuery's first function to get the first item in the list.
0: I do remember that
1: one. Yeah, very well named. So they are all the Lego bricks that my solution uses. All laid out. And we've seen them all before, but we've, you know, some of them today, some of them in the past, but they're the bricks I'm going to use to build this solution with. So big picture wise, this is what I've done. I've added a div with it, with an idea of my choosing after every input that needs some sort of validation. And we're going to use that div to, to contain our everything's fine or you're wrong messages. Okay. And I've given it an ID so that I can reach into it and mess with it. Right. Uh, I have written one validation function for each piece of data I want from the user. So there's a validation function for the name. There's another one for the amount. There's another one for the Twitter handle. There's another one for the URL. And inside those functions, I make use of... Uh, basically I used the result of validation to explicitly apply is valid or is invalid so that the color changes as I want. So the job of the validation function is to make the colors look right. Right. Um, The validation functions have been configured to be fired every time there's an input event on the input. So every time you type, the validation function fires because, you know... If you suddenly type a, a tilde inside your Twitter handle, it should go red instantly. So every time you, you do any input, we, we check again. I also make use of the change handler on the little checkbox. And then if you submit the whole form, I said was validated on the whole form so that everything gets colored if you hit the submit button. And then purely as a courtesy to the user... I manually focus the first thing they got wrong if they get something wrong. Wow. Okay. Because you had an. So extra that's half what hour my code does in English. Okay. So now let's see it in JavaScript. So we start off right. Everything is done inside the document ready handler. So to make my own life easier, I've made a bunch of variables to represent the moving pieces here. We already had dollar form, but I've now added dollar f name which is just the text box for the first name, L name, the text box for the last name, amount, the text box for the amount. You get the idea. right? And those variables are defined inside the very top of the ready handler, which means their scope covers everything that happens inside that ready handler. So they're going to be available to us inside the validation functions and inside the event handlers, which is handy. Yeah. So I could yeah. just say $la L name instead of That'll having
0: be to. nice and clean. Exactly. Okay.
1: So the, the big picture structure is inside my document ready handler I have these variables. And then I'm going to define my validation functions. Then I'm going to attach those validation functions to the event the inputs. And then I'm going to create a submit handler. And okay. so you can see I just have comments there to say what I'm about to do. With me so far?
0: I am. Okay. I'm I'm confused by the fact that I'm still with you, but I, I didn't expect to still be following. But I am so far.
1: Okay, well, I I'm sure I'll flinging I, off I put a c- lot of work into this into getting this story straight. Yeah,
0: pretty sure the so cart's going to turn of... real quick and I'm going to fly off. But we'll <laughs> we go to Right.
1: So we're just going to work through some because there's a lot of repetition here. So I'm just going to pick three examples that are slightly different and explain them all. So I'm going to start with the simplest example, which is. The names. So I'm treating the first name and the last name as one thing, and I'm giving one message, depending on whether... So basically, if if both of them are correct, then I don't give you anything. And if either of them are wrong, I tell you I need both. Okay. So there is no success message here. So we can actually hard-code our full error message into the HTML and just hide or show that message as needed. So the HTML markup is div... ID equals a name of my choosing. I called it name underscore VF for validation feedback. I have given it the class invalid dash feedback, which jQuery, not jQuery, which Bootstrap defaults to being hidden. So by default, Bootstrap doesn't show Mm -hmm. validation messages until either they happen automatically because you've met some very strict criteria, which is just not happening here, or because I have chosen to show them. So by default, validation messages are hidden, which is very convenient because otherwise I would have had to hide it. Right. And then I just have my text. Please enter both a first and last name. Mm -hmm. So that div is just sitting in the HTML and it's not visible, but it's there, ready for us. So all our validation function has to do is figure out whether we're happy or sad and then hide or show depending on whether we're happy or sad. So the function here is validate names. I thought that was a good name for it. Mm -hmm. The first thing we do is we update the, the visual look of our two text boxes. So we say if dollar f name dot is colon valid we remove the invalid class and we add the valid class. Oh. Because, because we there's... don't know what happened before, right?
0: Right. So just in case it was invalid, we need to remove Exactly. It. Oh, okay. Okay.
1: And you do the opposite. If it is if it's if it's if it's just invalid, you do the opposite. Right. So you All remove right. valid and you add invalid.
0: That's very readable. And then you do
1: exactly the same thing for the last name. Mm-hmm. So from lines 3 to 12 is just toggling the, the, the red or the green on the two text boxes. And then we have to decide what to do with our message. So we say, if the first name is valid and the last name is valid, then we should hide the error message and we should return true to say that we're happy. We're not cranky. Now, once you meet a return statement, execution stops. So we then have the rest of the code lines 19 and 20 will only ever happen if it was false, right? If it wasn't valid. So in which case, we want to show the error message and return false.
0: Okay, so you actively hide it even though it's already hidden. Well, it might be. Oh, so I might have had it blank. Okay.
1: right. Yeah. the validation happens over and over again, right? Every okay, time you I'm type, yeah, every yeah, time yeah. you hit submit. Right, I may so have you gone back and erased know. it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So you can't know. So you have to assume that the same code has to work in all situations, which is why yeah. it's so defensive. we removing a class, we've adding got, a class.
0: We've got the class of the red or green box around it, but then the, the error message is what you're, in this case now, saying hide or, or show. Got it. Okay.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. So we've dealt with both. We've dealt with the, the red and the green on the text boxes, and we've dealt with the error message.
0: I'm not flung off the cart yet. Keep going.
1: Okay. So there we go. So there's our, our, our validation function. Um, So we'll look at how we attach those validation functions later, right? So the validation function in this case is quite simple. Uh, The second thing I want to describe then is a slightly more complicated validation function, which is the one for the amount. Because in this case, we only have one text box that we have to color, but we have two messages. We have, Mm. thank you very much for your support, and we have, sorry, but that's garbage, right? Right. So in this case, our event hand, our, our validation function has to do more. It has to change the color and it has to toggle between the messages instead of just hiding or showing. So right. the way I do that is by simplifying my HTML down to just a completely empty div that only has an ID. So in this case, div ID equals amount underscore VF for validation feedback. And it's empty okay. and it has no class. It's just an empty div. So all the work has to be done inside our validate amount function. So the first thing we do is we say, are you valid or not? So if amount.is colon valid, what do we do? Well, the first thing we do is we remove the invalid class and we add the valid class to make it go red or green as appropriate.
0: Right. This is just the box. yeah.
1: Just the box. And then we have to show our happy message. And in fact, my happy message is quite clever. So my happy message, I'm saying let msg equals thank you for your... And then we're breaking out of the template string and using our friend, the ternary operator. We're saying dollar amount dot val greater than five, question mark generous, colon kind. So what does that do?
0: <laughs> so you're, you're saying if it's more than five bucks, it's going to uh, wait a minute. It's going to be kind support, but if it's. No. No, no, no. Generous, colon kind. Okay. If it's more than five, it's going to be generous and it's going to say kind if it's, it's five or lower.
1: Yeah. Okay, that's. Anyone funny. who's ever donated to um to any who's ever donated to XKpastwd mm-hmm. will notice I have two I have a drop down in my text expander snippet to say thank you. And anyone who donates more than 5 euro sorry anyone who donates more than 10 I think I, yes my cutoff gets generous and everyone who donates you <laughs> know 10 or less gets kind.
0: We would have had to have put in both values to ever know that that's funny
1: you would yeah yeah so some people are thinking back to the name and going oh bart said i was generous yep
0: (laughs) no i'm going back and saying how much did i give him probably gave him 50 cents you know it's not like i don't use it every day
1: (laughs) no you have (laughs) been generous you have been generous
0: okay just checking i don't know
1: okay so we're just making a variable dollar ms or just sorry msg which just contains our message so then I'm saying, so this is all inside the if statement for valid, right? So this, this code only happens if it's valid. So I'm saying, take our feedback div, remove the class invalid-feedback because it might be there, mm-hmm. add the class valid-feedback, add the text msg and show. How do, so Return that's true.
0: just saying text parentheses msg adds the text?
1: Yes. So mm-hmm. msg is a variable containing our text, the text function. Just takes, shoves it as in. As the first okay. argument, the text. Okay. And then sets it. Okay. If you call the text function with no arguments, it does the opposite. It returns the text.
0: Ah, uh, right, 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 right. Okay, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: And then the show function shows. So we're saying remove the invalid class, add the valid class, add the text, and show. Right. And then we return true. So if we're valid, we've left the function. We have left the building. If we're still in the building, it means we were not valid. So what do we do when it's not valid? Well, we say remove the class is valid, add the class is invalid, so it now turns red. And then we have to change our error message, or sorry, our feedback message to remove the class valid feedback, add the class invalid feedback, set the text, please enter a positive whole number, and show.
0: Okay. Return false. I'm still with you.
1: Yeah. It is, it's plotting straightforward logic, right? Because we have the building blocks. We know how to detect validity. We know how to make it green. We know how to make it red.
0: Yeah, you did spend a lot of time writing this up because this is, like you say, plotting is good, right? (laughs) Rambling is bad.
1: Our final example is a one mildly more complicated case, which is the optional fields. Mm -hmm. Right. There are two valid states to an optional field. Valid empty and valid what I wanted. And there's invalid. It's not empty. It has garbage. Yeah, so there's three states, really. There's three states, really. When it's empty, I don't want to say, thank you very much. Keep an eye out for the tweet because Mm -hmm. that makes no sense. Right. When it's invalid, I absolutely want to shout at you. But when it's empty, I want to say nothing. So my code has to take those three things into account and really it's the same it's the same Lego blocks arranged slightly differently. So again, we start by dealing with things being valid. So if $Twitter.is colon valid, what do we do? Well we definitely want to color the text box itself green, because it doesn't matter whether it's empty or not, it should be green. So we say remove is invalid and add is valid. So now we've made the text box green. But then we have to decide is there something in the text box or not? And so the val function returns the current value of the text box. So we say if $twitter.val, in other words, if there is anything in that text box, we are not empty. Therefore, we should show a happy message. So we say $twitter underscore VF, remove the class invalid feedback, add the class valid feedback, set the text to, okay, keep an eye out for our tweet, and show. Wait a minute. Otherwise, we want to hide the message, empty the message, remove both the classes invalid feedback and valid feedback and call it a day.
0: So wait a minute. At the beginning, we said if dollar $Twitter is valid and valid includes empty? Yes, because okay. it's an optional okay. field. Okay, got it. Right? Okay. A
1: required field is invalid when it's empty, but an optional field is valid when it's empty. Which you'll notice by the greenness. If you put okay. an empty Twitter handle, it stays green.
0: Okay, it took me a second here. Uh, I want to stay on the cart. So you're saying first we check to see if it's valid and valid can be empty or full. If uh, and so no matter what we want to remove the invalid class and and put the valid class. Um yeah. but then so the coloring if of the it's text not box empty, itself. we want to write a message. Gotcha.
1: Okay. Precisely. Okay. And if it is empty, we want to remove the message. Cuz you yeah. could have a valid Twitter handle and then delete it. It should stay green, but the message should go away.
0: So we empty the message, not hide the, we hide and empty it? Yes. Why are we so emptying? dot
1: hide dot empty dot remove class, dot remove class. Why I'm completely cleaning it? up after myself, right?
0: Okay. It wouldn't have hurt anything to leave it there if it's hidden. Oh, it might leave a gap though. I yeah, I just I figure it's just down.
1: polite. It's just polite to tidy up. I like to write my jQuery code very defensively. Because otherwise I will find, like, because jQuery happens non-linearly, right, there's no start and end to the way the code executes. The code executes depending on what the user does. So the order of things is completely random. And so if you don't write code defensively, a user will do something in an order you hadn't anticipated and break something. Yeah. Yeah. So I am just extremely thorough in my jQuery code. Okay. And this is the result of chasing down obscure bugs that are almost (laughs) impossible to reproduce.
0: Back to that rigor thing we were talking about earlier, right?
1: Yeah. So all of this from line 3 to line 13 is inside that if is valid, right? Right. That ends in a return true on line 12. So if we are still in the function, we were not valid. So now we have to decide, okay, well, what do we do if it's not valid? Well, this is very familiar. We remove the class is valid. We add the class is invalid. And then we remove the class valid feedback. We add the class invalid feedback. We set the text to please enter your Twitter handle without deleting at or leave this field blank. And we show. And then we end it all by returning false. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So there we have now seen an example of the three types of validation function that this form uses. So we haven't yet attached a submit handler, to actually deal with this whole were you or weren't you, do we or do we not stop the form submitting? But before we could do that, we had to write these validation functions. Yeah. So we now have the code for our submit event handler. So $form.submit function. And here I am choosing to name the first argument to the submit handler event.
0: This is where you're naming it?
1: So in line two, I am giving it the name event so that okay. inside the function's body, the name event refers to the first argument. Okay. If I called it boogers on line two, I would have to call it boogers on line 18. Okay. Right. doesn't matter what the name is, what matters is, the first argument is the event. Okay. So the first thing we do, if you submit the form, is we just turn on bootstraps pretty colors for the whole form. By saying dollar form dot add class was validated, so that means that the first time someone hits enter, the whole form lights up, or the first time someone or red as appropriate. Okay, all right, it comes to life. Okay. The next thing we do is we validate all the fields. Now, what we care about is if any one of them goes wrong, then the whole thing is considered wrong. So, I made a variable called all okay, and I defaulted it to true. And then I say, if not validate names, all okay becomes false. If not validate amount, all okay becomes false. If not validate Twitter, all okay becomes false. If not validate URL, all okay becomes false. So if anything went wrong, all okay becomes false.
0: Hey, Bart, I thought Mm -hmm? we were already turning things red and green as we went along. I don't understand why we have to turn them red or green on the event of pushing the button.
1: We're not turning them, we're checking them. Right? The function returns are our are three sample event handlers all ended with return statements.
0: But we're the first thing we're doing is we're adding the class was validated. So that's gonna add the class yes. red or green, depending on what it is. But we already did that in a line by line. Oh, but not on the optional ones.
1: And Wait also those functions are just exist. We haven't almost those functions. Oh. We're saying the function validate Twitter will do this. And mm-hmm. then here we're saying call the function. Um,
0: okay.
1: And the functions all return true or false, right? So the validity of the form as a whole, whether or not we have to stop the submit event, whether we have to call stop propagation, depends on whether anything is false at the moment.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yes? I'm just barely hanging onto the card as you made that turn, but okay,
1: so what I am interested okay, so for the form to be valid, everything in the form has to be valid, so I am checking everyone to see its true or false value. I'm asking right they all end in return true or return false, so what I care about is the output of the validation functions, not what they do to the colors. I need to know, is everyone happy okay, right go no, go for lunch, okay, so I'm assuming everyone will be happy let all okay equals
0: true.
1: Mm-hmm. Then I say, if validate names is not happy, then all okay becomes false. Okay, and each so one, it's, right? It's, yeah. So do you remember the footage from the moon landing where Capcom goes around every department, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. launch control, and they go, 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 yeah. go, and they get more and more excited. And right. then that's what's going on here, right? Okay. We get a go, now go from validate names. We get a go, now go from validate amount. Okay. And if at the end of it, all okay is still equal to true, then everyone gave me a go and nobody gave me a no-go. Right. So then I have an if statement to say, okay, well, how are we? So if all okay, we pretend to submit the form. In other words, window.alert, your donation was not submitted because this is a dummy form, but thanks all the same, it's a thought that counts. Right. Else, we're cranky. First thing we do is we... We focus as a courtesy to the user the first invalid element. I'll come back to that line in a moment. And then the next thing we do is we throw on the brakes. Stop the submission. Thou shalt not pass go. The submit event will not happen. Event.stop propagation. OK. Because remember, we took control by saying no validate. So if no validate was not there, HTML5 would have stepped in and stopped. But we told HTML5 to keep its fingers off things. Right. So now we have to apply the brakes.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm, following now, the logic 17- of, uh, I'm following the logic of that. <clears throat> I'm still confused because I could have sworn we did all the adding of the classes and stuff. But you're saying we never called those functions?
1: I am saying we wrote the functions. We defined what the functions will do, but we never expelliarmized them. Right? Defining a function multiply two numbers together doesn't make the numbers multiply until you actually call the function.
0: Okay, and is it the if not validate names, is that calling the function?
1: Yes, yes. So if you see the name of a function followed by an opening parens, that means we're calling it.
0: Okay, right. Okay. Yeah, I know I get stuck on that every time. To the audience, I know, I know, I know.
1: Yeah, but it's important, which is why I keep stressing it, So I have my Expelliarmus yeah. analogy. Yeah, okay. You know, define the spell, cast the spell. Right. Right. Above were the were the function definitions, right? Const validate Twitter becomes equal to function. So all we're doing is saying that whenever someone Expelliarmus says validate Twitter, do this. But until someone says Expelliarmus validate Twitter, nothing happens. Okay. Right. We've only said yep. what it means to execute the function. We haven't actually said go. Right. So here we're saying go.
0: I'm back on
1: the cart. You're back on the cart. Perfect. So line 17 is where we do our little bit of courtesy, right? Where we're basically saying to people, I will, if you submit a form and I'm not happy, I will put your cursor in the first place I'm cranky.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes
1: sense. It makes sense. And it's what HTML5 did for us before we stuck in the no validate and took full charge. Right. So now we have to do it ourselves. Yep. So this is a little bit more jQuery practice. So we are calling the dollar function with two arguments. The first argument is a CSS selector. And the second argument is a jQuery object. So do we remember what that does?
0: Well, since you asked me at the beginning of the lesson, yes, I do this time. (laughs) So we're looking for the first, uh, well, we're looking for all inputs uh, that are coming back invalid within the form. Mm -hmm. But then you're saying dot first, which means we only want the first one in that big old list you just collected.
1: Yeah, I mean that could be any size, right? That could be, there could be five things invalid or zero things invalid. If it's right. zero things invalid, then dot first won't throw an error; it will just return an empty list. Right, but
0: it has and to because of what we did before.
1: Yeah, so basically, we are guaranteed that the focus function will have zero or one things to do. Okay, and the focus function does what it says in the tin it focuses the relevant thing. So basically, give me all the invalid fields, give me the first one, then focus it. And so you can test it out. If you put in a valid first name, an invalid surname, and then an invalid amount, when you hit submit, your cursor will jump to the last name. If you fill in the last name and hit submit again, it'll jump to the amount. If you now go and delete the first name, it'll jump to the first name. So it will go to the first, basically. Right,
0: right. Nice. Nice. I like the way each now, of these what I pieces things is things my... we learned before, or you've explained in this lesson, oh, that's just what this does, dot focus. Okay, got it. These are good. Yeah.
1: Now, I realize that I need to update my show notes before I hit publish, because I have forgotten to show you where some of the Expelliarmus happens. <laughs> so I would like you to go to Code Runner, and we'll, take up, we'll pick up our one little small piece I forgot okay. in Code Runner. All right. So, uh, PBS66D, mm-hmm. and we're interested in what's happening now in our uh, document-ready handler. So, remember I showed you the document-ready handler with comments where I was going to fill in the pieces. So, let's look at the full finished product. It starts in line 136. Yes. So, the first bit we already saw, right? We're just declaring our variables. So, that takes us to line 144. Mm-hmm. So, from there on, I declare my functions one after the other validate names validate amount validate twitter and validate url right so i am defining what it means to do those things but they haven't run yet line 229 is the part i need to copy and paste into the show notes before i hit publish okay this is where we attach those just created functions to the relevant events so on line 230 we say dollar f name dot on Input validate names. So every time someone types into first name, expeliamus our validate names function.
0: Oh, so I asked you earlier when it was the not, uh, the if not validate names open parenthesis, you, you said that's where it was being expeliamus.
1: It's also being expeliamus there. Bear with me. There are multiple times we have to expeliamus it. Okay. Not just the one. So these are times we are expelliarmising. This is not the universe of all. This is just a time we are. Okay. So we are saying every time someone types into the first name field, validate it. Which means that validation code happens a lot. Every keystroke, it rechecks. Am I happy? Am I sad? Am I happy? Am I sad? Am I happy? Am I sad? (laughs) Right? Validation functions happen a lot. Okay. But it's fine. Our computers are fast.
0: Right?
1: We do the same on the last name because we have one function that checks both names, so both of them get the same function attached to their event handlers, yes?
0: Yeah, right, right.
1: Dollar $amount, we attach the validate amount function. Dollar $Twitter, we attach the validate Twitter function. And the URL, we attach the validate URL function. And then on the plug checkbox, we also attach validate URL, because that's actually connected to the, to the same thing. So if you
0: were to hit the, the plug checkbox but not put in a URL, you have to tell them, hey, you need to give us something.
1: Or we just decide to do nothing. But yeah, so basically the reason that when you have a valid URL and you toggle that radio button, the reason the message changes is because I have attached the validate URL function to the change handler for that checkbox.
0: Right, okay.
1: If I didn't, it would only change when you typed into the URL field, which would not, well, it would look silly. As I discovered, because it did. Right. So this takes care of expelling our validation functions when people type or click on the checkbox. Right. Then we come to the bit of code we've already seen, which is what to do when the form is submitted. And we expel we expeliamous those functions again.
0: Okay. That now that's something I was looking for. But that's kinda interesting. So so you validate each one as we are typing. Mm-hmm. So, but you could hit the donate button even though it's still said invalid, and that's why when exactly. you hit donate, it, the submit button or hit enter, when the submit function happens, you go back to the first thing that was wrong and move the focus. Exactly.
1: Okay, got it, got it. Exactly, yeah. Wow. So there is a lot of repetition here, right? Validation mm-hmm. functions happen often because lots of things can make changes, and it's okay. It seems inefficient at first glance, right? The engineer in me. Doesn't like the fact that we're needlessly, you know, we're reapplying styles that already exist. Doesn't matter. The browser is used to that. The browser expects that kind of behavior. That actually, that's how HTML is designed to work. <laughs> don't feel bad about it. It's fine.
0: <laughs> Poor little browser. All right. Yeah, I don't
1: let it earn its keep. I don't Our think CPUs you can do millions of calculations a second. They don't care.
0: That was fun. And I was that, really scared going into that, but I, I think I followed it. I could. Doubt I could reproduce it, but I understood it.
1: Well, I promise you you could, but I also promise you it will take you many hours. <laughs>
0: I might make a button and, and a field yeah. to see if I could do it once. Right,
1: yeah. I mean, right. My code is long because I'm doing it four times. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, but I mean, it's only so, 260
0: lines, including, you know, the head and the body and HTML and all that.
1: In, to be honest, that's a fair point, right? We have a really nice form that behaves really well, looks really pretty, and the whole page, all the bump and all, is 260 lines.
0: Right, and that's got comments in it and spaces between things, and it's readable.
1: Exactly. So all in all, actually, thanks to the power of bootstrap, we got a lot of bang for our book here line by line.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so.
1: So the last thing to do is obviously set you a challenge. Okay. Uh, You can probably guess a million miles away what the challenge is. The same open-ended one we've been doing of late. Take either my sample solution or yours from the last challenge and add the validation of your choice. Option A, B or C or D if you really feel like punishing yourself. Don't really, you know, take your pick and make your forms nice. And for bonus credit, I am telling you that there exists in the Bootstrap documentation something called a validation tooltip. And this is a floating version of those red and green error messages or success messages. So instead of the messages appearing as paragraphs of text, they appear as little floaty hover things connected to the text boxes. Nice. Nice. So this is I it sounds nice in the abstract it hovers over the other stuff. So all it does is block from your view (laughs) your help text. So you're not a fan? I am not a fan, but they do exist, and I'm sure there are instances where they would be useful. So if you want some extra credit, go to the Bootstrap documentation, find the documentation for tooltips, and use them.
0: Okay. All right. Well, like I said, I I followed this. Before you do your final thoughts, I want to give a little Mm -hmm. plug. Um, We have a Slack group for the PodFeed podcast, and it's Uh at podfeed.com slash Slack. And uh, Bart and I decided that we should have a separate channel for programming by stealth. So if you click on channels in the, um, uh, there's an open invitation. Anybody can join. If you go into the channels, you can find the PBS channel. And if you have questions, Bart's going to be watching that uh, that channel and uh, you know discussion. Go Bart. Allison's a moron. Whatever you got to write in there, go for it. <laughs> Probably not so much that yeah. last one.
1: So. The power of of Slack is that you can set different notification settings for different channels. And so I have set my notifications on that channel to email me anytime anyone posts anything.
0: Now that doesn't guarantee so, he's going to respond, but it does guarantee he'll get notified, right?
1: What it means is the next time that real life allows me an opportunity to catch up with my correspondence, that will be in the list. There you go. There you go. And some weeks real life plays ball... <laughs> <laughs> and some weeks real life is just really not cooperative and this week real life decided to to really throw some sand in my eye and give us a day and a half outage on our virtual learning environment oh. and I work in a university so just imagine how important a virtual learning <laughs> environment is in a university it's a big thing
0: okay yes.
1: yeah so imagine all of the course notes, all of the course discussions, all of the course MCQs. Gone for a day and a all half. All of the course attendance for every course in the entire university. Poof. And it's for day all and your problem, right? And it's all my problem. Yeah. Like, so that's my week. That's why I didn't have much in Slack this week.
0: Okay. But good for people to know. And really, want to, there's uh, pushing 100 people in there now. So it's starting to get, uh, it's getting fun. But it's not, it's not chatty. You know, we're, we're not a chatty group for some reason. We, we chat. But it's not noisy, Actually, you know. What do I mean? you know
1: something? One of the reasons it's not overpowering is because of Slack's wonderful feature where you can put emoticons on someone's topic, so you don't cause spam by saying "I agree." You right. just put an emoticon for a hundred percent or thumbs up thumbs or up. smiley face. Yeah, and that means that it doesn't. You don't get spammed with "I agree." You you just get these nice emoticons and. It's really convenient. If someone has already emoted, you can just click on the emoticon to say that I I feel this way, too. So actually, it's a really efficient way of not having it get cluttered.
0: I'm a member of a few Facebook groups, and I can't tell you how annoying it is to see, welcome to the the group, Bob. Now, I just hit the little wave when I see somebody's joined. Yeah. If three people join at once, I can't do that. (laughs) So if you missed a wave, it was not intentional. So, anyway, we should close this out. I just want to let people know there is a place to go where Bart will be paying attention. I will be I have alerts set on basically anybody does anything right now until it gets too
1: chatty. Perfect, okay. well, until next time. oh actually, I should say um so this finishes us out on forums next time we switch into the UI for web apps and uh until then, happy computing. If you learn as much
0: from Bart each week as I do. I'd like you to go over to lets-talk.ie and press one of the buttons over there to help support him. He does 98% of the work here. I'm just the stooge that listens to him and asks the dumb questions. If you go over to lets-talk.ie, you can support him on Patreon, you can donate via PayPal, or you can use one of his referral links. I really hope you'll go over and help him out. In the meantime, you can contact me at Podfeet or check out all of the shows we do over there over at Podfeet.com. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.